Oh, hello, and welcome to the Community Experience Podcast. We are so glad you're here. If you're one of our regulars, you're probably wondering why we haven't published in a while. We actually chose to sunset the show in early 2023, but the feed will stay active because so many of the episodes are timeless. If you want to learn more and search our back catalog, you can visit smartpassiveincome.com slash cxpodcast, all one word. Virtual learning changed everything and it made everything so much more challenging for teachers. And then with the teacher great resignation that came along, people saw that these are human beings that desperately need out. Some of them are struggling very much. The community that embraced me the most when I started were therapists. They said, we've had so many clients of ours and we would beg them, please just try something else because of how bad people were struggling mentally, but staying in this career just because of its mission. Oh, hey, hey, it must be Tuesday because this is a new episode of the Community Experience Podcast. And I am your host, hostess, host person, Jillian Benbow. And today I'm talking to Daphne Gomez, who's the CEO of Teacher Career Coach and also the host of the Teacher Career Coach podcast and also is a member of SPI Pro and referred our most recent community manager that we hired through her organization, which we will get into in the interview. Obviously, love what she's doing. Um, She's a former teacher turned instructional designer, podcaster, and career coach. And she had been teaching. She'd been teaching for three years. She felt it was a very toxic environment. There is a huge lack of boundaries for teachers. It's very hard to fully walk away from work in the way that many of us are able to do. And she was burnt out and she was unhappy. So she left. And in leaving, realized there's no support for other teachers who are in a similar boat. And let's be honest, there's a lot of people in that boat. So through her own leaving and figuring out next steps, she created the teacher career coach empire. We'll talk a lot about that and how she did that, how it grew. It's a good story in the sense of community. A lot of us need community. We don't know we need And a lot of us have to create that because no one else knows they need it either, right? And this is an excellent example of feeling really alone in something, not having support, so creating it and then helping others with it. So here is the episode with Daphne. I hope you enjoy. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of the Community Experience Podcast. And today we have somebody that is a member of our community, SPI Pro, but that's not why she's here. She's here because of all the amazing work she's doing. Welcome to the show, Daphne Gomez. Thanks so much, Jill, for having me. Yeah, of course. And you are, by trade, a teacher and then turned instructional designer then podcaster and career coach. So I want to get into the whole origin story. But first, let's just talk about what you're doing now. Tell us about your current business and what that is. Yeah, so I am the CEO of Teacher Career Coach. We are a small startup company. It now has a couple full-time members who are also former teachers. Teacher Career Coach is geared towards helping teachers transition outside of the classroom, leveraging their skills from the education space into a variety of different career choices. But we have, you know, a digital course that walks them through resume writing and step-by-step picking a new career, all the different things that they may need to know. And then also a podcast, the Teacher Career Coach podcast, which launched in October of 2021 and is doing pretty well. So with all of that, obviously, I think the next question is like, what? You know, like you were a teacher and you left and now you're helping other teachers do the same. So if we go back in time to when you were a teacher, what made you leave? What what was it that built up and, and made you decide like, hey, I think this isn't what I want to do? It took about three years. So I was only a fifth grade teacher for three years time. And I changed school districts in the middle of that. And I thought, you know, maybe it's a change in environment that I need. But I ultimately never really felt like, you know, quote unquote, myself. 
something felt a little off. And it was really hard for me to figure out what it was the first year everybody tells you, you know, this is first year jitters. Oh, the first five years are the hardest. It's like the weirdest benchmark, but they always tell teachers, wait until you've been in it for five years and then it'll start getting better, which is not what they say for any other role. Uh, You know, they don't say like, oh, wait out project management for five full years and then you'll decide if you're going to stay or go. But the last year ended up being one of my most challenging years, and I felt myself struggling really bad mentally. It was back in 2017, but I was going to the doctor a lot for stress-related illnesses, weird stuff happening to my body just due to a really toxic work environment. I was like crying on the way to work, just like bawling in the car or like found myself like crying when the students were out at recess and then trying to like redo my makeup so they didn't see me. And I realized at the end of that school year, I do not know what my next job is going to be, but I can't try a different school district. I just have to heal mentally. I have to find something that I'm going to be happy doing, but it's not the best for the students for me to be in this mental state. And back then I started doing like the Google searches of other jobs for teachers. I talked to all my colleagues and kind of the consensus around the board was you can't leave teaching. You're a good teacher. Even if I'm like bawling on the way to work, having hardcore mental struggles, not, not the best for the students either. Everybody just really said firmly, like, I don't know what other jobs you could do. I've never known a teacher who has left and you shouldn't leave. You're such a good teacher. In the three years that I was teaching, I didn't have any exposure to a single person who had made a pivot outside of the classroom. So I ultimately landed a really great job doing professional development training for a Fortune 500 company that's pretty well known, speaking at educational conferences. And it ended up being, you know, one of the best experiences of my life. But the three months of in-between time of searching for a job and doing a lot of soul searching and figuring out if I was abandoning a career that I wanted to do for the rest of my life took a lot out of me. And I wanted to help other people who felt the same way that I did. I'm going to ask you some kind of personal questions. So feel free to be like, no, thank you. But growing up, were you just like, yep, I'm going to be a teacher? Was that always kind of in your head? Like, do you come from a family of teachers? Yeah, very common question. So my mom was a teacher. Um, She was a burned out teacher that told me, matter of factly, do not do this. This is not a good career. And I said, no, I'm not going to listen to you. And it's like the one time that I should have listened to my mom. Classic. You know, that's a joke. I don't regret my experience in the classroom. It is something that has shaped me as a person. I knew that I wanted to do something that was intrinsically motivating and helped people. I have a passion for education. I want to do something that's good for my community. And it felt like a natural fit, but I was not prepared for a lot of the different things that come with teaching. I'm learning a lot about myself on the other end of, you know, my own mental health struggles, someone with anxiety, someone who gets very triggered by a lot of noises and the decision fatigue that comes with 35 little tiny decisions that you make at all times because of 35 students who are doing whatever they want and how that does really impact some people. And there's not a lot of ways for people to really evaluate whether or not it's a good fit until after they've done four years of, you know, college for it, got their teaching credentials, and then they're in the substitute teaching program. And they're told that, you know, it should take a few years before you really find your fit. So for me, I just, you know, I knew it was something that I wanted to try and I'm happy that I tried it and I've been able to leverage it into other ways and still continue to teach, but in a completely different capacity. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes sense because a lot of what sounds like drew you to teaching, maybe an elementary school wasn't the right forum for, but now you've found that right forum. And can we just go back to like, I feel like people were shaming you to stay like, (laughs) come on, y'all. Let's not. Let's support people. That's one of the most common things that happens is because especially with the teaching shortage right now, your colleagues are going to struggle with celebrating you finding a new job or you exploring a new path because it does negatively impact them. And teachers are people who go into this career with like a serving heart. 
for their entire career, they're doing whatever it takes to support other people. So this is like the biggest decision that actually negatively impacts other people that they actually have to make for themselves. So that's why it's such a challenge. But yeah, even back in 2017, there was a pretty clear stigma about someone who was leaving because if you're a good teacher, you should stay in it forever for the kids. You signed this like invisible contract, I like to say, of like, this is your forever career. You said you're a teacher, you're doing it. Do or die, miserable or happy. Do you think that was the driving factor of like, you know what, this is making me very unhappy? Was it just the overwhelm of all that chaos? Which, and I'm asking this, I just, just a caveat to everyone out there. I think teachers are the most underpaid population probably. And I love my daughter's teachers. I love the schools. I try to do everything I can because there's no way I could do that. Like having one child is hard enough. I can't imagine having 35 of other people's children with that expectation of educating. Like it's, I'm feeling pressure just talking about it. So I just want to say this is a no judgment zone. I'm just very curious, like what that was like. So for me, The ultimate deciding factor was I moved to a brand new school district and it was a completely different demographic. It was in a wealthier neighborhood in Los Angeles and I taught the gifted and talented students and many of them are student actors and that comes with a sense of entitlement from the parents of their expectations of what you're going to do to accommodate for their specific students and kind of the privilege that goes along with that took away from a lot of the passion and combined with honestly, the most toxic work environment I had ever faced. So there was a lot of myself mentally struggling, but Facebook threads of kind of adult bullying, just talking about I'm too young to be smart or (laughs) things that parents and admin were participating in for an entire year that just broke me down lower and lower and lower to the point where I really questioned my own qualifications, whether or not I was capable of doing anything else because of how comfortable people felt talking down to me because I was just a fifth grade teacher and they were in different positions of power over me. I'm sorry. I'm trying to like hold myself back from just a line of expletives and then we'll have to edit out. That's really frustrating, although not surprising. Honestly, I could definitely see that. And I'm sorry. I... That's awful. What I went through is nothing unlike what many teachers go through right now. If they get on any social media platform, they have 10,000 comments of someone who knows what they're doing that's better than them, that has never been in a classroom before. And when you are broken down and you are working 60, 70 hour weeks because you want to help students and you want to help them learn, it's really hard not to walk away at the end of the day if somebody calls you a really bad mean name because they didn't like that you gave a spelling test on a Monday instead of a Friday. You know, like the very small things that push people over the edge can be the deciding factor compiled after years of stress. You know, it's funny, just as an aside, but since this is a community podcast, like a literal community where there's a school and people living like the original concept of community, right? And like, this is such a real life freaking depressing example of like a toxic workplace, but also social media, all that stuff like that, the, the jump, just the like long jump leap over boundaries to think it's okay to post on a, somebody's Facebook, their personal space outside of work about work things. And in a way that's basically, you know, a toddler tantrum, (sighs) if anybody's listening right now and is identifying a little bit with this, knock it off. It's like, I just can't. I just can't even. I have no patience for this. (laughs) It comes with, you know, not feeling like you can ever take a sick day, sometimes getting text messages, asking, questioning why you took a sick day, even if you did prepare the substitute plans. There's just a lot of things that aren't normal in other industries that teachers do face. And many times teachers have overlooked all of that because what's The most important thing to them is their relationship with their students, but everybody does have, they have a breaking point. And what we're seeing right now is many teachers are facing that breaking point. Yeah. Well, and I hope anybody listening is like, I can see why, right? So this is clearly happening on on a greater scale and we're seeing it by teachers leaving and the work you're doing in many ways helps 
you're that beacon of light, right? That you didn't have. Now teachers have a place to go to talk about it, which is fantastic because obviously they need to at least be acknowledged at the very basic. Does it ruffle feathers or people when you, when you talk about what you're doing, do some people are like, oh, well, why would you, we need teachers, you know, do you get any pushback? Originally I did from, there's like a content creator space called like edu influencers. So like education influencers, it's all of the teachers who are posting what they're doing in the classroom, classroom management strategies. These are our favorite products. These are products we've created. And I had already started my, you know, passive income journey, creating digital products for teachers after I left the classroom. At that time, I was working as a professional development trainer. But I also at the time, I think was already somewhat transitioning into instructional design, which is if anybody's not familiar, it's like, corporate content creator, course creator. So I worked for an ed tech company that's really large, but I created their courses and e-learning for them. During that time, when I was talking to a lot of teachers for my job, teachers kept following me to like the parking lot and asking me, you said you're a former teacher and you seem really happy. Are there other jobs like this that exist for other teachers? And so I started thinking about this business like this company from 2017 on. And then I think I really started working on it in 2018 with our launch, I believe was 2019. And while I was talking to other edu influencers, many of them said, you can't create something like that. We need good teachers. We need good teachers to stay. You need to focus on helping good teachers stay. And my talk was always, or my pushback was always, there are so many really good resources to help teachers stay. Like I can name at least two off the top of my head for teachers who are really struggling and just wanting to look for that support system of creating like work-life balance and sustainable teaching practices. And those are people who have tested it, who have done it on their own. I am not the person to create that. That is not my personal journey. But what I can do is speak to my own authentic journey and create something to help the people who are struggling in the same way that I struggled. And so as I started to create it from time to time, I would have some pushback and then everything really shifted. It had already been created. It had already built a pretty large community. COVID happened. And my first gut reaction was, Okay, well, nobody's going to want to change careers, at least for the meantime, because they're going to be able to work remotely. No one knows what's happening with the economy. This is probably not going to be something that anyone needs. When I created it, I always thought that it was going to be a very small segment of teachers who are like me, who just realized, hey, this isn't the right forever career for me. I need to pivot. Or that there was going to be like a recession, like we saw back in 2008 or 2009, and all the teachers got pink slipped, but then they wouldn't have any idea of where they were going to go. I thought COVID happened. No one's going to want to see any of these resources. And I just kind of stayed silent for a couple of months. And then we saw what happened is that virtual learning changed everything and it made everything so much more challenging for teachers. And then the way that society publicly talked about teachers changed. It went from being something that if you were in a grocery store and you used to say you're a teacher, like everyone would just be like, oh my gosh, oh, what a great career. You know, they would love bomb you in the grocery store where now it was like, oh, you're lazy or like just mean stuff. And I never would have anticipated it. But with the kind of teacher great resignation that came along, the attitude towards what I was doing shifted as well, where people saw these are human beings that desperately need out. Some of them are struggling very much. The community that embraced me the most when I started in 2019 were therapists. I talked to multiple therapists as I was developing my resources, and they said, we've had so many clients of ours that had talk to us for years and we would beg them, please just try something else. And they couldn't talk them out of it, but they knew how, how needed it was because of how bad people were struggling mentally, but staying in this career just because of its mission. That makes a lot of sense though. I think a lot of therapists have similar feelings about their profession. And I, frankly, I think a lot of human facing service based, especially in-person careers 
are facing that. Yeah, the problems that teachers face when they leave is they feel like they're like losing their identity. They're losing like they're calling their mission in life. And I went into this so like self-centered and all of the teachers that I talk to feel the same way where they're like, nobody feels this way except for teachers. But the more research I do, the more I talk to other industries, this isn't 100% unique to teachers as well. Journalists that I've talked to from the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, when I'm doing interviews with them, they've off the record talked to me, not off the record, but I mean, when we're not in the interview, they've said, you know what's funny? Journalists feel the exact same way. We talk to each other. How did you get out? They're, no, they're like, how did you get out? Did you lose your identity? What careers can I go into besides this? Well, and that that brings up such a great point because... I think a lot of us in our careers, where we work becomes a community. We spend so much time at work, right? A school is a community. And so there's a whole, as you know, there's a whole like hierarchy within the admin structure and teachers can be super nice to each other. They can also be super clicky. There's the groups. I'm sure for a lot of people, it adds a layer of scary to think about leaving that community because it is very much your support community, right? Yeah, there's a lot to feeling like you're abandoned someone who's like in the trenches with you. You both have had this mission and you've sacrificed so much of your personal life, your mental health, your time dedicated towards this really, you know, great mission of supporting students and putting the students first. And so the second that you are no longer going to do that, it is very hard because you feel like you lost your community and you let your community down. It's it's a huge struggle. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because you essentially, you did that. You, you got out, if you will. And then you kind of turned around and was like, and now I'm going to create a community for people who do the same. So I'm going to head a community that centers around people leaving that original community. Or just talking openly about their thinking about leaving. Because when I first started, nobody would even dream of talking about it. And then it would be met with, it's somewhat common in the teaching space is like toxic positivity or like a little bit of like emotional gaslighting of we're in it for the kids. Or if you talk about it, you're the negative person. And so people never really felt like they were able to like openly evaluate their options. And I think that that's why you see memes of grumpy teachers, grumpy teachers and like cartoons is because if you feel like you're backed into a corner with no other options, then you resent the place that you're at. But if you're able to see, here are the options in front of me and I'm choosing my own path. There are other people like me, but you know what? I don't plan on taking that path. That gives you that sense of freedom of, okay, I did choose to be here. I chose to be here for a reason. And that can you know, help people actually be happier in the classroom as well once they're able to finally talk about it and see that it's there. But with someone who's, you know, keeping it real, these are struggles. This is okay for us to talk about. It's okay to evaluate it. And then I'm going to come to peace with going back into the classroom and talking about that honestly as well. Yeah. I mean, if, if more teachers felt safe to have these candid conversations in the teacher lounge, like at work at that community, maybe it could help facilitate change. But, you know, on the other side of that, I'm sure when people do a little bit, you know, there's a a panic and the kind of, like you said, the emotional gaslighting and the like, oh, no, you know, you're not even allowed to post if you are grumpy or sad or had a bad day at work without repercussions as a teacher. If you have a public facing social media platform, because a parent is going to say, They were down. I don't think that they're going to be a good teacher for my student. Can you make sure that they're doing everything they can? They seem like they're letting their emotions take over if they're posting that they had a bad... Too emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's really tough. So giving that... So giving that safe space to talk about it somewhere else and to figure out that there's a lot of other people who feel the exact same way and learn from one another and inspire one another to figure out what it is, because it's not a one size fits all answer for anyone. So you you started shifting and you were doing instructional design, like on the corporate level. And then what came about first, the podcast, the actual like getting together and having these conversations, like how, 
How are teachers finding you in the first place to be able to connect like this? So what happened was I had a Instagram account that I was slinging teachers pay teachers is like a platform where you can sell digital curriculum. And so I had created some cool digital curriculum. And so I was using this platform to like, hey, if you're a fifth grade teacher, and you want to check out the things that I've done, here's a freebie or here's something going on. But then they'd noticed that I was like traveling for work. I wasn't one of those people who was like faking that I was still in the classroom. So I was like, Oh, I'm clearly traveling for work, or I'm doing this or that. And people kept saying, wait, what is your job? Like that same, you know, the audience was constantly either following me in seminars that I was doing. I was like speaking at national conferences to teachers. And then they'd come up afterwards and be like, how'd you get this job? And then I just changed the name of the Instagram. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm I'm diving in and I changed it to teacher career coach. And immediately that community started picking up. And I was just posting some basic facts. Here's some basic, like, here are the top jobs that you can go into outside of the classroom. During that time, I started my first iteration of the course. One of the most important things for me as I was doing this was actually teaming up with someone who is a certified career coach who had 10 years of human resources and recruiting experience, because just landing a job once or twice does not make you qualified to write everybody's resumes in a variety of like industries. And it was so important to me that the information that I was giving was very accurate because people's lives are at stake when they're trusting you for this type of service or livelihoods are at stake. So I started working on the teacher career coach course. And I think we launched that in mid 2019 And then continued to grow Instagram, email list, giving free advice, worked on the blog, really focused on like search engine optimization strategy for the blog, and then did not launch the podcast until October 2021. That was, uh, I I don't want to call any COVID projects a passion project, but it was a COVID project between my husband and I, because he's a sound engineer. And so he could help me with all the post-production editing and he had the equipment. So that's why we decided we had a little bit too much time on our hands and we started the podcast then. That's fantastic. Uh, Just as a a curiosity, what are the top careers that you think like translate best for teachers or what have you been seeing? I mean, I think it's lots of them, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. I put it into like three career buckets. It's the easiest than me just saying like one or two careers. So the first bucket is for the teachers who still really want to work with like students or education in general. And Something as easy as just saying, like, there are jobs at your school district you may have not like thought of reading coach jobs. Tecto says is like a teacher on special assignment. So thinking of if you still really are passionate about working with kids or working in education, going there is like the easiest choice. But then looking into like museum education programs, anywhere that like students have ever, ever gone on like a field trip, usually has someone who has to train on classroom management, create the curriculum that the people are taking them on the field trips and like training them on. So there's someone who's in charge of like the learning department usually, and many of them do have K through 12 experience. There's education programs like in hospitals, thinking of like daycare facilities, not as just like a daycare facilitator, but like as the manager, as someone in charge of watching people at those places. So that's the first bucket. The second bucket is just Ed tech in general, any education company, that's a great place to pivot into a new role, but using your subject matter expert knowledge. So they hire a lot of teachers for SDR and BDR roles. Those are like entry level sales roles, customer success manager, account executive roles. If you've already done something like district coaching, or if you're a former admin, you can get those higher level roles project manager roles, curriculum writer, professional development trainer, all that. And then the very last one is like outside of teaching, outside of education altogether, but still really translates over learning and development departments, corporate trainers, instructional designers, even office managers, admin assistants, anything that focuses on keeping things organized, training in general, There's so many careers over in that third field that are kind of all over this place. But a lot of people really like going into like learning and development because it still scratches that itch or just working at a company as manager of some sort. 
It makes a lot of sense. And it perfectly segues into my point, which is through Daphne, we hired our newest community manager who at the time of recording this hasn't started, but will by the time this airs, we'll be here. So hi, Ashley. It was a similar thing. I mean, I needed to hire someone that had a skill set of curriculum or instructional design because of what we're doing in our academy space, which is where all our course communities are. And we want to have pathways. So you can come in and say, okay, this is my like big goal down here. And this is what I want to do because we have a bunch of you know entrepreneurial courses. So they join that community and can be kind of like based on some Q&A and whatnot, have like a, a very curated path where it's like, take this course, but afterwards, here's the things you need to make sure you've done. And then you're going to go to this course and here's the supplemental resources and whatnot. And like, who better to do that kind of thing than a teacher because it's organization, it's communication. Obviously, it's the actual instructional design. So auditing the courses, seeing where things are missing, what can we add? How can we make this better? Basically, I'm so excited. (laughs) And when you think about like what teachers do and what community managers do, there's a lot of similarities. It's just the the population might be, you know, a little older, but still it's it comes with a similar set of challenges, I think. Yeah. I honestly, I have two team members and I can't speak more highly of both of them. They're both former teachers. One of them does all of my social media, plans all the social media, just creates all the content. And because she's a teacher, she knows what's important to talk about. She knows how to help with structuring things so that it's um, articulated well. And then the other one is customer support, but she's also taken over as a community manager as well with any extra time she has. And it's just such a natural fit because teachers are cheerleaders. They are, they love to be helpful. And even in communities, I'm sure you find that many of your community members are asking, I hate to say like Googleable questions, but it's the people who just really need a little bit of handholding. Teachers love getting that motivation of, yes, I found it for him. I solved their problem. And that's really what she does for a community manager. That's It's something that another business owner has told me as well that specializes in community. I know you know him, Jay Klaus. He was like, do you have a lot of former teachers going into this? And I was like, I don't know how to put this on their radar any more than just having anyone who has a community opening coming and posting it on our jobs board. But yeah, if there are places to send people to, I am happy to show them that resource too. Because many of these are women that are looking to still have the flexibility and do something that they love, but also the flexibility of potentially working remotely if they have young ones at home and they were losing that schedule that they had as a teacher. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to jump around too much, but let's talk about the job board first, because I know you recently launched a job board because I saw it in pro and it's great. Tell us more about that. Like, how is that going? I'm sure it came about as like a natural progression from the course. People go through the course, learn how to hone their skills and talk about their skill set. And then now it's time to look for a job. So that was the next step. Is that accurate? So total transparency, it started out in ideation as it was a separate recruiting agency that we actually launched back in August of 2021. We started working on it because we had experience in recruiting as well. And what I I would say quickly, but one of those, you know, very expensive and long lessons in business of watching something that ended up not quite being the right fit just wasn't well fleshed out as you put it out into the universe. We shut that down in February because what I realized was we were working so hard, so many hours to get one single teacher a job and match one teacher with one company and so much back and forth. And many of the companies just said, we'd like to just advertise these positions. And my heart was, I want to help 10,000 teachers. I don't want to have all of us working on something that's only going to help two or three teachers per week max. And so that's where I really made the decision. We're shutting down the recruiting agency and we're going to make something that's a little bit more passive where the companies can post something. We can vet to make sure it's a good fit. And then as the companies post something, we'll send it out to our email list of 84,000 right now 
teachers on our newsletter who are reading our emails on a weekly basis. And so that, I think we launched it about three weeks ago as we're recording this. It's been going very well. We have quite a few companies that have already signed up. So we're doing one posting for free. And with that, because it's new and I want people to feel confident that they're going to be able to get some great candidates from it. And we've already had quite a few companies so excited that they already started paying and purchasing multiple placements on there. So it's been working out really well. And we have some pretty big name companies that are partnering with us. I believe in the next few weeks, we should be working with Apple who wants to do a larger push for a lot of their opportunities for teachers because they know how great that they would be in like the training capacity at the stores and all of the different open positions that they have. There's a lot of really exciting things in the works for that. That is, I want to say genius, but it's, is that too like on brand on the nose for Apple? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) just perfect. That's great. That is super exciting. I know we have no roles open because we filled them thanks to amazing referrals, like the one from you. I mean, technically I can attest that It works great because I know I reached out to you and said, hey, I've created this new position. I know you do this. I think you might know someone. And hey, you did. It was perfect. I will say I uncomfortably have messaged Ashley a million times that I was jealous that I could (laughs) not have taken this position because it would have been a dream role for me. And I was like, I don't want to keep getting your hopes up about this role as it has not been given to you. But I have very little chill about it. Ashley is such a great find, but this is the thing that I feel like a lot of people may be missing from this conversation is it's not just a single teacher. So Ashley is a teacher who is a learning and development specialist, but she also is an education like influencer, content creator. And that's why I specifically matched her up is because she has a lot of knowledge of blog writing, SEO, creating her own influencer like Instagram. She's done a lot that that passion is going to work for your business. But there are so many teachers that have passions for like there's companies that just sell special education products and they're just looking for teachers in a specific area that also are Spanish speaking. And there are because the list is so huge, there's teachers that are like, that's the perfect role for me. And that's what's really exciting about the jobs board, too, is that people are able to see I'm really passionate about this type of technology or I'm really passionate just about helping people. So if there's like communities that are focused on like women entrepreneurs or there's communities focused on like gardening, you're going to be able to find someone that is just a great fit for that. Absolutely. I agree. She just checked off all the marks for what we do specifically. We obviously are doing very entrepreneurial things. It's very like tech tech heavy, tech savvy, which is like an absolute perfect fit. And yeah, that's one thing I I really like about your job board is it isn't limited to that specific avatar, if you will. Any sort of company posting is looking for kind of some specifics, right? And then you have this huge list that someone's going to have those. So it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah, there are teachers who love to use someone else's curriculum and do things perfect. And then there are teachers who will build something from the ground up and do it. Even myself as a professional development trainer, they said, we like that you make mistakes and that you make jokes and that you keep things engaging. It doesn't have to be perfect. Some companies are looking for someone who's going to be, you know, speaking in perfect sentences. And some people are looking for people who are going to be more personality. There's so many different types of teachers out there and that will fit what you're looking for. And that's what I really hope that teachers find from the messaging too, is just because I say former teachers are great at X doesn't mean that every former teacher should go into that role. There's like so many roles out there that are great fits for different personalities and different skill strengths. So tell me about just the course, because you started with this, or I shouldn't say started with, but your first big like offering, it sounds like was this course, like, what are you doing in this course? Is it just like resume building interview skills? What's the scoop? Yeah, so I created a course, it's five different modules. And for the different stages, what I found with a lot of people in changing careers in general, but specifically the teachers that I was working with is you kind of bounce all over the place. Like you try and write a resume. 
super quick or it's like not a very clear direction of what you're rewriting your resume to be. So I like walk them through step by step, like here's the first module of like, you have to get clear on what you want with this next career. You have to understand what your non-negotiables are as far as like salary. And then you also, as far as teaching goes, if you're working 60 or 70 hour weeks, it is not going to be easy to upskill. And so like setting the foundation of this is the time frame that you probably want to start applying. It's different for teachers than many other careers, unless you're quitting in the middle of the school year, which many teachers were forced to do in the last few years, just based on it's very hard to just find a job in this teeny tiny window of time. But like, this is when you should have everything mapped out to try and start applying aggressively for jobs. So that's like the first module is really walking them through everything that they need to set that foundation. And then the second one is identifying different jobs based on personalities, how long they've been in the classroom, a teacher with three years experience, maybe looking for jobs that are completely different than someone with 15 years experience based on salary expectations, and whether or not a company is going to have some sort of stigma about having someone with 15 years expectation in a or 15 years of experience in a quote unquote entry level position. Um, So how to read job descriptions, what to know about like different departments, all of that. And then rewriting your resume is a huge one of walking them through step by step, like classroom to corporate terminology, what to leave off the resume, what people really don't even need to see because so many teachers put all these acronyms and like pedagogy on it that is not necessary unless you're going for very specific roles using that like subject matter expert knowledge to help you get the role and walking them through all the best practices as far as that goes. And then everything to do with like interviewing, how to negotiate salaries, something that teachers have never done and are not super confident doing. Many women are not. How to address the elephant in the room confidently when someone asks them why they're leaving teaching, because that's something that can definitely red flag you even if you do really well in an interview. If you start to tell someone, oh, it's because that was miserable and I hated my toxic administrator, you most likely are not going to get a callback after that because no one has time to figure out if you're drama or if you can't be professional in that one incident, it's very hard for them to move forward. So everything to do with interviewing. And then it also comes with a private community we hosted on Circle. And that's just for everyone to talk about what they're doing, what courses they're taking like on LinkedIn, what they're doing specifically, even in their classroom. Some people are, you know, working on project management courses and then doing like project management at their school site so that they can put it on their resume, like upskilling while you're still in the position like, okay, let me create the website for this specific upcoming initiative for the school site. And then you're able to put that website design and development like on your resume. So everybody communicates with another and then celebrates when people get new jobs, the former teachers come back and share about their new jobs in our private community. It's just a really welcoming and wonderful place for everyone to continue their growth even after they've left the classroom. But especially during those really tough downtimes, a lot of the course also covers some of the mindset things that people don't know is going to happen when it comes to a career change. And if you're already in a really bad headspace, which is something that I struggled with, it's really important for somebody to tell you like what you are going through. This is like the stage, like you are going to have imposter syndrome. Everybody thinks it's never going to happen for them. Like this is how to expect it. So I put a lot of mental health support in it as well, because I knew that that was such an important part, at least to my own personal journey. And for so many who are struggling right now through these next steps. I mean, job searching, especially when you're in a a bad environment that's draining, it's hard and it's so defeating. I know, I mean, I have experienced it. I know really smart, really great people who are in it right now. And it's, you know, it's frustrating to see them start to doubt their own skills and intelligence when it's just for whatever reason, they're not, you know, they're not doing great in the the interviews or getting offers or whatever, you know, or even a callback. Like it's so hard. And I can imagine for teachers who don't really, that's not really a part of the the job. I mean, it is if you're switching districts and whatnot, but it's all within this, you can, like you were saying, you can use the acronyms and 
a district to district will understand that. And so coming just to a totally different scene of how it works, I could see that just being a whole other layer of feelings and stress. Uh, I love that. I love that you have the community piece in place. I'm assuming if you, if you purchase into the course, you get access to the community. Can people just join the community, even if they don't do the course? No. And the reason why for that is because we answer questions in that community piece as well. And it was something that I've evaluated doing, but with that, it would kind of distract from everybody who's at a different level of understanding that has the foundation knowledge of the course itself. And so we actually do all of the like answering questions, everything that we can do on the Instagram, on our LinkedIn and our DMs and our support. So that's, that's really where a lot of those connections are made with people who are outside of the course. There are so many people threads on our Instagrams, connecting with one another and learning more and listening to the podcast. So that's where all that goes on. No, it makes it makes perfect sense. I think it's smart to protect what you have going on in a community, even if that means like, oh, yes, you could sell a different kind of membership to this. But if it's going to lose the thing that makes it special, it's absolutely not worth it. So that makes perfect sense. I love that you have that. And I love that what I would call, you know, your alumni, the people who, uh, you know, they get out and that they come back and share and celebrate with people because in many ways, you're filling that hole of like the the educator community that you would have gotten in the school within this community. I mean, it's kind of your own school where all the teachers that are kind and having similar mindsets and whatnot can come and just like really have a safe place to openly share, which is fantastic. I'm so grateful that you've that you identified this need in yourself, but then also you know, had the vision to use that natural teacher force to help others do the same. Yeah, there's very impressive people in that community that have taken over. And here, I just created this Google Doc template, everyone should use it and just the most resourceful and kind and helpful people. But I'm sure we all anticipate that from a lot of educators. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. (laughs) That tracks. Absolutely. Um, so final question, then we'll get into our rapid fire, but where's everything going? I mean, I'm sure it's sounds like it's doing great. You're absolutely filling a huge need for people right now. So what's you just launched the or recently launched the job board, which is doing awesome. What's on the horizon? What's what's the plan? So the next thing that we've been thinking of for a really long time is one on one support. It would not be with me personally, just due to low bandwidth. But I've been actually doing interviews right now with other former teachers that have been outside of the classroom for a while, but working in either like career counseling and higher education, or some sort of career coaching capacity, whether they were like recruiting before or something where they have the skill sets and will do some one-on-one coaching with people who want additional handholding and accountability outside of just like a passive course. So that's something that I'm hoping to launch in the next few months, but it's been head down really working on that for a while. That makes perfect sense. That'll be a great add-on, like an a la carte option for those that want that. Ah, I love it. Well, I am fortunate enough that I can follow along in pro. You can share your wins there and I can see what you're doing. And with Ashley, we're going to have this... (laughs) a connection there too. So I can be like, what's going on in there? Hopefully she's sharing a wonderful story in your community soon about getting out. She's in her last few weeks of her teaching role. And, you know, I kind of felt bad taking a teacher out of teaching, but I don't because teachers need to be treated better. And if a bunch of them leaving is what's going to make it happen, then I feel like I'm part of the change. (laughs) It's just so funny. There are so many hiring managers that I have had this conversation with where they said, ultimately, we hired this person for marketing or we hired this person for whatever. But I did feel guilty taking a teacher out of the classroom. And it's one of the like least humanizing. I know that they're like the intention is good and everybody's heart is good, but it's like the least humanizing feeling to think, okay, this is the most qualified person. You understand how valuable they are, but it's so hard for you to allow them to do what makes them happy 
and is like mutually beneficial. I'm not trying to call you out on it, but it like Whatever. it's such a <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> no. But it's like in what other career do you feel like someone says no? You absolutely can't go from sales to marketing, Greg. Sales is your calling. Gosh, Greg, get your head out of the clouds. No, I I respect what you're saying, and actually, I should think about how I say that because it's not like, sorry, Ashley, you have to stay and be miserable because you're a good teacher. Like I, that's not it at all. It's more of um, like the system is so ma- like it's depressing that it's come to these wonderfully qualified people are so unhappy. They're willing to walk away from this thing they've worked towards for so long because the system's so broken on how we, how we treat teach, you know, all of it. And, and that's the part where it's like, I, I guess guilty is not, it's like, I feel bad that it's come to this. I'm super excited to have someone as, you know, amazing joining my team. And I'm super happy to know that I'm helping someone get out of that, that situation. And, and I hope we'll feel very valued, you know, with us. But yeah, there's, I don't know if it's guilt, but there's just this, yeah, it's just like, it's a bummer in a way and not to discount the the person individually. It's watching education crumble right now. And it's yeah, everybody trying to figure out a solution of how do we support education and is what we're doing, hiring teachers, helping teachers find jobs outside the classroom. Is that making this worse? And that's a very real and okay question for you to ask yourself. It's I'm more thinking of there's been a hiring manager or two who said we absolutely will not hire former teachers because of this, because teachers need to stay in the classroom. Oh, yeah, that's too far. That's yeah. where my brain like goes to. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Missing the point, y'all. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But if if really qualified people leaving and being happy is what it takes for policy change and maybe better um, protecting staff from Facebook warriors and whatnot, then so be it, right? Before I just talk myself deeper into a hole, let's let's transition <laughs> to rapid fire. Enough about my opinions. Let's talk about you, Daphne. So as I mentioned, it's rapid fire. I will want to ask follow-up questions, but I will restrain because then it will not be rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you a question and kind of just the first thing that comes to mind that's your answer. Just quick, quick, rapid answers. So, okay, good. I'm scared. Don't be scared. They're fun. There is no math. <laughs> I'm really saying that to a teacher is probably not the right. I'm not a math person. Okay. Daphne, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Veterinarian. <gasps> Me too. <laughs> Until I discovered what they mostly do. And then I was like, never mind. I want to be a writer. And then, yeah, I like it. How do you define community? That's a really great question. So for me, community is just people supporting one another with a shared goal, with a shared mission. And community is like kind. I feel like that's one of the first things that comes to mind. And I don't know if it's just because my community is so kind, but just a really welcoming place where everybody feels valued and knows that they're able to talk about what's going on. I love that. What is something on your quote unquote bucket list that you have done? Oh, something that I have done that's on my bucket list. Oh my goodness. That's such a good one. This is like such a small one, but I've always wanted to see Neil Brennan, the comedian. And we just saw him last week when he was in Los Angeles. I don't know if he tours that often. I feel like it's pretty rare. So that was a bucket list. Well, I mean, he does actually do stand up and it's on the West side in Los Angeles though. So it may be a different like country because no one wants to drive that far, but that's like such a small bucket list one, but I'm going to keep it. That's okay. It's your bucket list. There are no rules. And hopefully it was all you hope for and more. Yeah. His new show is amazing. Awesome. All right. And then the flip of that, what's something on your bucket list that you haven't done, but hope to do? So this one's bigger than just going to a comedy show I could go to very often. It is going to Europe with my husband. We're hoping to do it this summer. Oh, okay. I'm so bad at this, but I have a follow-up question. <laughs> where where in Europe? Uh, I think we're going to go to Paris, Italy, and Germany. Yes. We haven't booked the flight, but we're supposed to book it, I think, sometime this week. Ooh, well. You can put that in the weekly wins. Yeah. Report back in pro if you if you booked it. 
Okay. What's a book you wish everybody would read? Oh, everything is figure outable. Marie Forleo. I was going to say that's a Marie Forleo quote. <laughs> I didn't know she wrote a book. Yeah, it's so good. I do dig, you know, the personal development books, but that one is so well structured and really well thought out where it feels very empowering, but realistic at the same time. And I really appreciate her writing style. I'm going to have to read that. I love her. Okay. If you could live anywhere else in the world, where would that be? Oh, that's a good question. Oh no. I tried to convince my husband to go to Nashville, Tennessee, because I secretly really like country music and it would be like somewhere he could work in the sound industry still. So I, I think Nashville for some reason, it's like close enough to like Dolly Parton's theme park where I could go there every once in a while. Right. I have a thing. (laughs) I'm down. Let's do it. You like how I just invited myself on your, (laughs) like where can we three live together? Yeah. So what are we going to do? I don't take up that much space. Okay. And then final question. How do you want to be remembered? It's very hard to remove um, the like teaching persona from myself. And so I want to be remembered as someone who helped educate people, period. Like on whatever it is, I want to be someone who's remembered as like, she really helped me learn blank, whatever it is. I love that. Teachers be teaching. Whether it's a, I feel like there's so many people that could be, you know, that are teachers, but not in the like at a school sense, just in the like, this is, this is my soul. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are so many people that, you know, the people that have worked in different roles that don't realize that that's truly what they're doing. Like the helpers that really like breaking complex things down into simple, simple, like learning little chunks. And there there are people all over that do that. But yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Daphne, this has been a delight. Uh, Your community just sounds so wonderful. And my, you know, on the outside perspective of it, I'm just so impressed with everything you're doing. And I love who you're helping and all of it. If our audience would like to learn more about you, where should they go? Everywhere I am just at Teacher Career Coach. So that could be on... Instagram or TikTok. I do those TikTok videos. So maybe don't follow me there. Oh, Um, I'm going to follow you there. Absolutely. (laughs) I love TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. So those are the best ways to connect. I would say Instagram or TikTok. Awesome. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. This has been so fun. And that was my interview with Daphne Gomez, CEO of TeacherCareerCoach.com and host of the Teacher Career Coach podcast. And wow, I mean, yeah, I feel like teachers have been in the media a lot lately between, you know, horrific violence in schools, you know, teachers not having resources, curriculum challenges and I think everyone knows it's been a a spotlight on teaching and maybe not like the best light. It seems being a teacher seems really hard. And I understand that people may get into it and then kind of have a, (laughs) a Joe Bluth, I've made a huge mistake moment and realize it's not for them. And I fully support if you are in a career that isn't right for you to, to find one that is right for you. That's Okay. And it is funny. I think there's something about teaching that, and and I'm guilty of this. We assume that, oh, if someone becomes a teacher, then that's what they're going to do. That's their career. That's their life's work. And, you know, it's okay if it's not. I just loved, I love the story. I love the story of teacher career coach and just what it's growing into and clearly is needed. And as mentioned in the intro, the idea of identifying a gap and something that you need and building community around that is amazing because if you are feeling that way, like Daphne was, you know, wanting to get out of teaching, not even knowing how to go about it, not knowing how do you apply for jobs that aren't in districts and, you know, all of it, just all of it. And and then creating something to help other people who would be having that same challenge. It's great. And to see just the success she's having with growing teacher career coach 
it, it's just, it makes me very happy. And I hope anyone listening who is in a similar boat gets some inspiration from Daphne's story and hopefully some tips on just kind of how to do that. So that's the episode. I'm going to keep it short and sweet in the outro. I think the big takeaways are just having the gumption to say, there's this thing I need that doesn't exist. So I'm going to create it. And I don't think it has to be this, an entire company or community, even it could be something smaller. And I think it could be something as simple as I don't know how to keep plants alive in my yard. And so I'm going to figure out how to do that. And maybe there's some other people that want to figure it out with me in my neighborhood, right? It could be super simple, or it could be something as big and fabulous as teacher career coach. So go give Daphne a follow, go check out her podcast, the teacher career coach, and learn some hot tips from Daphne. That's the episode this week. I hope you enjoyed. If you haven't already, please consider giving us a five star review. I know this is hard hitting journalism that is just blowing you away. So give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help us share the show with others. And in the meantime, I'll see you next Tuesday. You can learn more about Daphne and everything she is doing at teachercareercoach.com, just all together, no spaces, and find her on all the socials, especially Instagram, at teachercareercoach. Again, all one word. Your lead host for the community experience is me, Jillian Benbow. Our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Our senior producer is David Grabowski. And our editor is Paul Gregoris. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Theme music by David Grabowski. See you next Tuesday.